Note to self, what would you tell your younger self? Welcome back to quarantine season. My name is Elar Camacho. I have a special guest to join me today. My next guest is someone who I met on Instagram. Our mutual friend Taylor, who I'm interviewing next, was promoting her friend's book and I couldn't help but reach out to her. She is the author of a wonderful book called Note to Self, which I could not put down. She is a writer, digital personality, and content creator from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Her nonfiction writing has appeared in the Huffington Post, California's Emerging Writers and Anthology of Fiction, Guardi, Lou Magazine, and more. She has 18,000 followers and 2 million views on her YouTube channel called Yours Truly Mia. This doesn't even hit the iceberg of what all she's done, but we're going to be here all day if we do so. I'll put all her social media links in the episode bio above. She's such a warm-hearted human and has a bubbly personality and with a great head on her shoulders. I'll let her introduce herself. Oh my gosh, hi! That was so wonderful! Hello! <laughs> well, first of all, love Taylor. Love you, Taylor. Second yes. of all, I can't believe that's so... It's always so... Uh, just I don't know rejuvenating and exciting to hear like I love that you said you couldn't put the book down that is just so cool to me like it still feels surreal that people like it and they read it but yeah hi I'm Mia Brabham and I'm really I'm so happy to be here yeah I just wrote my first book Note to Self and it's out now and it's just a little collection of quotes I call them thoughts turned quotes because really I I didn't write them down intentionally as quotes. It was a journal that I kept through the years with little like one-liners and blurbs. And I kind of started writing them down as like little reminders to myself. And, you know, I thought one day I might share this with like a future daughter or, you know, if a friend's having a hard day, I'll reflect back on this. And then pandemic started and I was like, I'm making a book y'all. So yeah, that's how it all came together. So happy to be here. Yeah. And I feel like this was the perfect time for it to come out. I mean, Everything in that book, everyone needed to hear right now. My copy of the book, I have so many bookmarks in it for like my favorites. And for each subtopic, I'm going to be focusing at least two quotes from each. Mm -hmm. And so we can dig deeper into that. But first, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was telling you this before, but you know, it's kind of gray outside today, but... I kind of don't mind days like that. Like I like a slow day and it's definitely been a busy season for me. So, you know, I think I'm doing as well as I can be today, but you should take it day by day. But today I am well. Tomorrow I might be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it might be a different story, but really yeah. this has just, this time has just taught me to take it day by day. How about you? Yeah, I'm taking it day by day too. I mean, we don't know what tomorrow will bring us. Exactly. Exactly. It's very, it's, life is very unpredictable and I mean, the world has proven it in this year of 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh, so true. So I noticed that you're also from Virginia. I mean, so I was born in Virginia. How long did you live in Virginia? Yes, I lived in Virginia all of my life. Pretty much same childhood home growing up, Virginia Beach. So I lived there until well, I went away for college at 17. I graduated oh, okay. I was a year. 
I was always a year like the younger, so I went to college. Seven. Oh, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was that too. Yeah, my birthday's in my birthday's in June, and so <laughs> I started college when I was seventeen. You feel it? You feel? Oh my gosh! Oh December. my god! I was always the younger one. I was like, uh, I always, I was always jealous of the ninety-one babies because I was ninety-two, uh-huh. and so the people now everyone's like turning twenty-nine. Actually, I'm not jealous of that, but. <laughs> I was jealous back then. You're like, I'm feeling good now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready to turn 30 yet. Um, oh my god. But yeah, I moved when I was three and a half, and um, because of my dad's job, I moved to Georgia. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Georgia's a beautiful state. Yes, it really is. Georgia's a big state, which mm-hmm. surprises a lot of people that that I am from Georgia because mm-hmm. I don't have a southern accent. <laughs> and it's just like, first of all, too, I fought to not get a southern accent. I was like, I am not getting one. I love no. that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> because my, my best friend, she loves to say, y'all, I'm like, ah, nope, 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 not doing it, not doing it. Yeah, and um, but there's other, but it's very diverse. Like the area that I live in in Metro Atlanta is very diverse, mm. very diverse. That's so great. most of the people don't even have southern accents. People travel from all sorts of places to come to Metro Atlanta, and there's a North Georgia, South Georgia. So it's just like it depends on where you are specifically mm-hmm. to where you'll find if there's like a dialect or accent or anything. Mm-hmm. And also, also this guy at film school, I, I had no words for it. He told me he asked me. Uh, he, he asked me, so you listen to country music? I was like, no. What? And I was like, but you're from Georgia. And I'm like, yeah, but I grew up with hip-hop music. Which, if you know, in Atlanta, Georgia, was the city of hip-hop. Yeah, it's a huge Come club. on. Yeah. Come on. And like, all of the big rappers and hip-hop artists, they evolved in Atlanta, Georgia. And you're getting mad because I don't like country music that much. That's oh my so god. Random. Like what a random I know. Thing to add. Like you're from Georgia, you like country, right? It's like what is the context that's so Yeah. Yeah, so like like people are interesting. Yeah, like my friend, she wasn't from this country. So, but she asked me, so so you're Hispanic? So do you speak Mexican? I was oh just my like, god, "Oh man. my gosh." You're like distinct and, differences. Yeah. <laughs> distinct same. differences, right? Not, not and the then same. And so then when I told her there are different countries and different islands that people can be from. So I corrected her, right? So I told so I hope that she would remember that. Don't ask me if she asked me this again. Do you speak Mexican? She did. Again. I can I oh my god, I couldn't I she was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry, so sorry, I forgot. I'm like, come on. Come on. I was just talking and about then, this with a friend. I was like, if so, if you tell someone something once, how many times should you remind them? Because oh you're not obligated. But it's like when someone does something and you're like, how many times do you have to tell someone? It should be once, right? It should be once. It should be once. And yeah. when someone asked me, so do you eat tacos and burritos? I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Oh, I'm done. My family is from Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. We eat 
rice and pigeon peas and you know, the fongo and all that good stuff. And my mom, like for every holiday, she mixes the American tradition with the Caribbean traditions and all that stuff. So we have like a blended Thanksgiving and Christmas. And yeah. but uh, it's just crazy that every, like when you tell someone something, it can just go through them like water. Yep. But going back to your book, I broke it down to subtopics. So dreams. Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to begin the real journey to the top. This really hit me because most of my life, I wanted to be a doctor. Since I was probably four years old, my parents dressed me up as a doctor as a kid. And I was surrounded by medicine at all times. And so that was always a thing I wanted to be. In my anatomy and physiology class in my senior year of high school, I really fell in love with it. And I knew I wanted to be a cardiologist or a heart surgeon. And I volunteered at hospitals and doctor's offices. And I really put myself out there to really learn everything I could to be a great asset in medicine and to be a great doctor one day. And then when college came, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. It was either music or archaeological biology because I wanted to go on digs. I was in the marching band in high school, so I, I felt that you know, I wasn't really a great... I was a good clarinet player, but I wasn't like fantastic. So I didn't fall through with the music major, and I wanted to do an archaeological biology major. But the advisor told me, you have to be pre-med, which is you have to major in biology and minor in chemistry in order to be accepted into medical school. Then three years later, they told me, you can major in whatever you want. <laughs> and then just take the classes you need to take, which is like, like eight classes to get to apply for med school. And I was just like, come on. And so then I went into the medical grad program because I didn't want to be, my brother was like, do you want to be home with mom and poppy for another year? And I was like, no, then apply to grad school. And so I applied to grad school and I got into Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine for their medical grad program it was like a prequel to medical school. And then also the University of South Florida College of Medicine um, in their prequel to medical school program, which is a one-year program at USF and then a two-year program at PCOM. PCOM, they had a location in Georgia and I was like, I, I, I haven't really lived outside of Georgia yet. I only went to Georgia State in Atlanta, so I wanted to experience living away from my family, you know? And so I went to USF from Tampa, Florida, and I was really happy there. But in school itself, I was struggling more so than ever. And every exam, I was studying so hard, so hard, nothing would stick. You would think that would be a sign. Maybe this isn't for you. Yeah. No, but I would say, no, I'm going to study, keep studying, keep studying. I should have stopped and think, like, why doesn't anything stick with medicine? And it, always, it was always extra hard for me to remember everything when it came to medicine. It was everyone else was, it was hard for them, but not as hard as it was for me. Yeah. I had to work quadruple hard for each test. And when it came to the third exam, I was so ready for it. I was like, I'm going to ace this test. And then the weekend before the test, I found out that 
my best friend from college, my dorm mate in college of three years and best friend of five years, she passed away in a car accident. Wow. And so that really gave me a different perspective on life. Mm. I was like, what do I really want? What do I really want out of life? Am I happy? And so I reevaluated my life. I took a semester off, the second semester off,、mm-hmm. and then I tried again the second time. And then, what do you think I did? I tried a third time, failed again. And the advisor said to me, "Every time you come to me, you're in tears." And I think at that point I reached my limit. I couldn't try anymore. Yeah. And that was that. That was the ultimate sign. That was the ultimate sign that it wasn't for me. And also, too, while I was in that last semester trying, I discovered scripts and taught myself how to write scripts, and that was keeping me going. Yeah. So, yeah. That. So I and I look back, like on my snap, like you know how Snapchat tells you four years ago today, you know. Uh huh. And I look back, and I was like. So many different snaps, and I'm like, you should have been studying, and I just wasn't in it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't in it, and it was so visible because you don't see. I don't see that many snaps from film school. I was so focused.、Uh-huh. There was nothing else but like I would just. I just. I just took a picture. I'm exhausted. I just finished a script. Like it would be afterward. After I was. I, after I would finish something,、yeah. but I really had to hit literal rock bottom、mm-hmm. to get to where I am today. Yeah. So those words really hit me hard.、Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that they, you know, inspired you to reflect on your story. And it's so true. It's just I feel like so many people you kind of need that push because I think the thing with life is change is uncomfortable. Right, so you don't want to just go make change because you feel like it. You you we overthink and we take into account all these factors, but we hit that rock bottom. Like there's nowhere else to go, and so that a lot of the times like final kick in the butt for us, which it was for me at the time of my life when I was living in LA and I. Didn't, I came thinking it'd make me like the happiest I've ever been, and I wasn't. And I just didn't know what to do. And then, you know, I looked at things I really wanted to create and do, and then went from there. And I've been so happy ever since. It, it has been by no means been easy, but you know, you have to. I just think happiness comes first. And like you said in your story, like you know. You were unhappy and you didn't even realize it. And you know, and you try and you try and you try because you're like, this is like it's human nature, you know, to like be resilient. But sometimes we're resilient against the wrong things. As long as we're all shooting for happiness, like that's a good measure, I think. You know. Yes, I totally agree with that. And you have to have the passion. And with that, whatever you're passionate about is not going to be easy. Yeah. My grandma, my grandma always said to me growing up that whatever you want to be in life.、Mm-hmm. Is not going to be an easy ride. You're going to have to give everything you got to really push to get what you want, because there's going to be so many obstacles in your way, and you just got to push through it. Yeah. Whew. It's so true, Bill Grandma. Yes. Yes. May she rest in peace. <laughs> so the second quote was: When you find someone who feels like home, keep them. Locations may change, but a foundation like that doesn't. I made a lot of good friends throughout the years, and no matter if they moved or stayed in the state, it really shouldn't matter where they are. Yeah, because we all should stay connected. And 
one of my best friends who has been on my podcast, Diana, we have been close for 12 years. And the last time I saw her was 2018 in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And and we have stayed in touch every, every day since. Wow. I mean, no matter the distance. Yeah. We have really stayed in touch. And even my other my other best friend Paula, when they moved to California, the distance did not make a difference. We just made it work. Yep. We just made it work. And you just and the real people will will fight to keep it alive. Yeah. The real people that really care for you and love you will fight to keep it alive. That's so true. And I've learned that so much. Like I wrote that quote based on a relationship, but um because the relationship I have now, we've been together, you know, we did long distance like you and your friends did for two years. And like, you know, of course there's times you're young and you talk about it, like, this is what we want. Like, do we see a future together? And it's not always easy, but when you think about it and you're like, oh, you know, this is the person who makes me happiest. Like, this is the person, you know, you gotta fight for that. And I, I think a lot of the media we see, whether it's TV shows or books or movies, a lot of it now is all about like the self discovery process which is great but a lot of the times you don't see people fighting for their friendships and their relationships anymore it's a lot of that what comes after you know the bad things happen which is great but it's really important to me that I included that quote because I think we don't see enough of that and that's both in friendships and relationships like as you get older I sent it to my best friend literally last night. I was like, relationships as you can like they need oil changes and you know, you gotta talk through things that are hard and you can't just like go through a friendship un- unscathed. You have to fight for the ones you're like, okay, no, I love you. Like we're doing this thing, you add value to my life. You know, it's, it's not always gonna be easy, but it's, it's super, super important. Yeah, it really is. It's so important to really express how you feel for them. Yeah. So the next subtopic, people. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to paraphrase one word. I love when people are crappy. It's a divine reminder to lean into the people in my life who aren't. Mm-hmm. I love that because I I would never even think of that, to love people who are crappy. Yeah. Because I have been exposed to many toxic environments. Mm-hmm. And actually, it has forced me to lean on on the people that are more there for me in a positive light than ever. And with that, discovering who really matters in my life and who doesn't, basically doing a friend's cleanse. Oh, I like that. I've had to do that many, many times because realizing that some people are just not meant to be in your life anymore because of what they bring to your life. And sometimes you just don't have time for it. Yeah. You don't have time for it. You don't have time. You know, no, no, no. You, you got to live your life and, and find your happiness. And if you want to do something, then you do it. But you shouldn't have to abide by their rules. And the, and the fact that some friends, quote unquote friends, because it's not really a friend if they try to force you to do different things. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I feel like those people are having a, a hard time with their lives, but they need to get their lives straightened out before they can tell other people what to do. Exactly. And I have a quote about that in the book, too. About yes. How, yeah, you know. Like, yes. Don't take advice from people who aren't doing the same thing as you. And, who, like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's not everyone is coming from a place of, 
they're coming up from a place that at a perspective they know like they can't speak that over your life or anything over your life but you don't let them so that's that's really important yeah and the second one not everyone is going to like you that hit hard because growing up that was my goal for everyone to like me I was always yearning for that growing up and I let that go when I was at least a year in into living in the California I let I let that go. I was like, you know, I don't care what you, I don't care if you like me or not. Yeah. And because you know, I'm going to just live my life the way I want to. Absolutely. And the third subtopic, love. Some people will choose nothing over something because something is scary. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a time love and pre-love is i debated what to call the section of the book so i was like some of it is like not love like that's not what love looks like you know like you should be a priority in someone's life and you just have to know when it feels right and when someone is just kind of screwing around like if someone really wants to happen they make it happen period yeah yes uh, yes definitely like if they're not communicating with you if it doesn't seem like 50 50 you need to let that person go. Yep. The next one, holding on tighter only makes them want to go, but the good ones aren't going anywhere. Yes. And <laughs> I'm guilty of holding on tight and, I, and uh, have, to people. <laughs> we're so guilty of it because we care. Yeah, yeah. And of course they ran away, but, but the good ones obviously aren't going anywhere. Yeah. I have this trend here going on where a lot of people I like romantically don't like to communicate. Yep. And it's just frustrating. I'm like the one thing, like everything else checks off the boxes. Right? Checks off the boxes. I'm like, why can't you be a good communicator? If you can be a good communicator, we can make it work. Right? Oh my gosh, that's the struggle. Yeah, communication is huge. Like, that's one thing in this book that I really focus on. I used to feel guilty for it because I feel like I've always been, I mean, I definitely, I 1000% have my flaws in ways, but I think I've always been an over communicator and not all people are that way. So you have to find a way to meet in the middle because what I learned is every relationship is unique and you have to, there's no standard one size fits all for communication like you just have to know how you are and be able to ask how a person is and then kind of meet somewhere in the middle and I've learned though to not be in that to not be afraid of my over communication because like it gets the job done you know it's like where do you stand like where do I stand and that's really what that quote was about when I originally wrote it because I I feel like I had scared the previous relationship I was in a way because I just kind of was like hey this is where I stand like where are you at with this and he was like oh, I don't know and then I found someone who actually appreciated when I was like, hey, where do you stand? And he was like, you know, this is where I stand. And I was like, I like that. Okay, thank you. Like, you know, so, and we had great, great communication from the beginning. It's, yeah, it's so important. Yeah, very, very important. Communication, number one thing. And then a sense of humor and all that follows. But I mean, yeah. that's, that's, the num- I've discovered that's, that has become the number one thing for me. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The next one, life. You only grow smarter each time something doesn't happen the way you planned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get so mad when things don't happen as planned. So that was like, I feel like this was written for me. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, oh my, are you in divorce groups at all? 
Yes. What What is your uh, sun and your moon? Um, well, I'm a Gemini. Yes. And and my sun is in Gemini. Yes. Um, the, the moon in Scorpio and the ascendant in Libra. <gasps> Mercury in Cancer. Um, Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm a Libra sun. My moon is yes. Virgo. So when you said, you know, things, you know, you you prefer things in your control. That is 1,000%. Like, <laughs> that, we need things in order. Like, yeah. Oh, to go. Yeah. I, I got to know what's happening like the day before so I can mentally prepare. Absolutely. Yeah. And also my, my dad is a Capricorn. So that even adds on to wanting things and order and planned out. Oh my gosh. So it's like, it's in the genes too. <laughs> I do feel like picking up the side of our parents a little bit. Like, um, yeah, I'm like both of my parents. My mom is a Gemini and my and my dad's a Capricorn. And my mom is, is really on the cusp of Taurus uh-huh. and Gemini. So she's more of a Taurus. Nice. But it's a, it's a struggle. I need to be, I, I but I, I'm learning more to just be prepared for whatever, yeah. but but yeah, is I think it's I think it's more in relation to when it comes to like family events uh-huh. that I like when it doesn't happen as planned, I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And also too, I've experienced when in a relationship that when like the communication thing comes back again, when I have planned my whole day out can know that I'm gonna meet with you later come to my apartment later to hang out and then there's no communication the entire day and I'm like what's going on and then the night comes and then they say oh I forgot I I can't come yep what (laughs) you know how many you know how many times that has happened I feel like I I don't know (laughs) I don't even know man yeah it's just like those those are the moments that really irritate me mm-hmm. communicate people <laughs> you don't know what the other person on the other end has planned they could have done something else with their day that's so true that is so so true yeah 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 and so the next one no one is ever sure they want to do something and the rest of it i didn't write down yeah because but but you you remember it like uh when people ask you are you sure you want to juice this are you sure no one is ever sure if they want to do something and i feel like that stems from they not being sure if they want to pursue something in their own life Uh so then they're trying to like half live vicariously through you yep and it's just, like, how about you pursue your goals uh-huh. and leave my goal by myself? Yeah, leave me. I'm good. I didn't ask for anything. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm taking this jump. So true. Yes. So the next one, self. How much do I respect myself? Mm. That's a big one because we take so much crap from people sometimes. Yeah. And how much more are we going to take of it until we, until we speak up? But I remember the next one, kindness does not mean letting others step on you. You don't always have to be nice, but you do have to be kind. And this goes along with respect because you can respect yourself and respect others mm-hmm. and be kind at the same time. It's the way you say things yeah, that really set people off. 
Absolutely. We really yeah. need to be careful, careful about how we say things. I mean, people don't realize how, literally just how important it is. I mean, it's, it's a change, it's a, it's a game changer. And I've even struggled with like my tone and like how I say things and I've learned like there's a time to be angry and then there's a time to use your words and not the emotions behind it, you know? As someone who is so, so emotional, as someone who's literally the most emotional person ever. I'm emotional too. <laughs> yeah, I I like to be over dramatic with my family just for kicks and giggles. Uh-huh. But there's a time and place for it. Yeah. There's a time and place for it. Some people don't get sarcasm. I learned that one of my friends, she doesn't get sarcasm, so I need to remember, don't use sarcasm around her. Yeah. You know? And it I, it's, it's frustrating at times, but I have to remember that. And then I have to remember that my other friend doesn't like talking about sex, so I got to remember that. Yeah. She doesn't feel comfortable talking about that. While my other other friends, they're like, tell me everything. Tell me all the details and don't leave anything out. Yeah. Yeah. So you really got to filter yourself. And it's so hard because you want to say everything. But then you got to understand that not everyone feels comfortable with that. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So to end it off, what would you tell your younger self? God, what would I tell my younger self? I think, so I say this in the book, and it's so funny, because I feel like I say the same thing, but, you know, it just it, different iterations show up when I think about it from day to day. And really the bottom line is that I wouldn't tell my younger self anything, because I feel like everything that happens in your life, one, you don't want to know. You don't want to know what comes ahead because most of the time you're like, I wouldn't imagine my life that way. Or you get scared or you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's all the fun in life is the unfolding. And so you don't want to rush things, but I think I would just tell myself nothing. I would just keep everything as is and I have no regrets. But one thing I do recognize though, with that being said, is that I think the one thing I'm most proud of with myself is that I have always been really grounded in who I am. So in high school, you know, I feel like, I feel like some people look back on, you know, younger parts of the, parts of their life when they were younger and they say, I wish I was more of myself. I wish I didn't waste time being anyone else. And I always knew like, it is a waste of time. Like I knew I'd look back and be like, okay, it's a waste of time if I'm anything else. So I'm going to be me. I'm going to do like drama club and hang out with like theater geeks. And then I'm going to go hang out with like jocks. And then I'm going to go do this thing and that thing. And I always was who I am. And I realized not everybody, you know, did that and that's okay. And so I think everyone's going to tell themselves something different. But I think what I would just tell myself is like, just do that. Just keep doing that. Like you don't need to know anything about who you are now. Some of your dreams may change. You know, some of the people in your life may not be there in a few years. Um, new people will come into your life and that may scare you too. It's, I just think I wouldn't tell myself anything because you just really at every moment, every day, like, I guess the thing I would tell other younger people though, not just myself is to be yourself because don't waste any moment on earth. Like why would you waste any moment being someone else? Like the right people come to you and are attracted to you when you are yourself. So I think that's the most important thing anybody can be. 1000%. Yeah. Oh, that was great advice. Thank you so much, Mia. Thank you too. I really appreciate it. This has been so much fun. Yes, girl. Yes. And for the rest of you, see you back here next Monday. Stay safe and be well. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>